Even up until the 20th century, the Seltzemwald was considered by many to be a forbidden environment, only explored by those with an acute death wish. The various forms of flora and fauna, which are now recognized and catalogued by scholars, were for much of history seen as demonic beings, the stuff of nightmares. Outside of the VSR's borders, this holds even more true. It's believed by historians that many monster sightings across Western Europe are the result of misplaced fauna from the care site. Between the years 1764 and 1767, for example, the Gavardin region of France was besieged by repeated attacks from a solitary and incredibly persistent mantle. While we may never know what would have compelled this particular specimen to venture so far from its natural habitat, the creature's legendary thirst for violence was fairly standard for its species. Oh, it's gaining on us! Shoot it! I can hold a shotgun or I can drive the van. I can't do both. I urge you, Miss Guys, to look deep inside yourself and muster your disdain for mantelopes. Fear and hatred are not the same thing! And why not? You're Catholic. Oh, would you just... Wait a minute. I found some rage! Ah, oh, fucking finally. Now aim your head out the window and away from me. Uh, tell me that horrid thing is not on the roof. Tell me I didn't just explode an innocent bird. Sorry, Telsey, I love you too much to lie to you. Colette, you exploded two innocent birds. Everyone hold on. I'm going to try to shake it off. Use the turbo booster! Oh, he did not like that! Ah, it's no good. It's got its damn claws embedded in the roof. Could you please take care of that? I'd rather not take this thing to France with us. Uh, hold on, hold on, let me think. Ah, collect. Is that Zoi hand that we got out of that mausoleum still back there? The one we're supposed to send to the museum next week? Aye, that's the bugger. Give it here. Did you get it? Telesphore slowed the van down for a moment, and the trio all looked out the window as the mantelope stood up, shook itself off, then stalked back into the dense wood, a trail of indigo blood dripping from its stump wrist. Oh, I hate the Seltzenwald. Remind me again why we can't just go to France via the real road? Because there are checkpoints on all the real roads looking for us specifically. This is the only part of the country that not even the police or the army can enforce laws in. Case in point. Eisen gestured towards the side of the dirt path to a ruined structure, crumbling and overgrown with vines and ferns. When Colette looked closer, she saw what appeared to be a skeletal arm sticking out from the tangled blue roots, clutching a military-issue bolt-action rifle. Neither the Valorians nor the French are deluded enough to believe they can tame the Seltzum Vault entirely. That much hasn't changed in centuries. The only reason you two never get lost when we're out here is because you have me with you. You're welcome, by the way. That much was true. 
It was Telesphore's ability to navigate the often nonsensical geography of the Seltzamwald that allowed them to make use of it as a hiding place. And it was his knowledge of caresite plants that allowed them to secure their current job. Sebastian Fontaine, a Valorian food scientist living in Dijon, France, had called upon them to deliver clippings from a snakeberry tree for use in his latest series of experiments. Sebastian was a member of the Dumbwaiter Fraternity, having once been in charge of tending to the Royal Spice Garden. He and Telesphore were good friends and had maintained infrequent contact even after Sebastian had departed from the VSR. Am I going to have to speak French for this job because my French isn't great? I haven't needed to speak it since I was in school. Oh, whoa, hold on a second. I've actually got the perfect thing for this. Let me go check my workbench. Oh, yeah, wee dancer. Here we go. Yeah, look at this bad boy. What is that? A music box? Ah, you're not far off. It used to be before I took it apart and retrofitted it a few years ago. I call it the chatterbox. You program it with the buttons here, then wind the crank, and you can understand and speak any language you like for as long as you keep it wound. Any language? Any language. Even Italian? That is Italian! Well, yours truly is already fluent in French. Aye, you spoke a lot of French with Sebastian back in the day. Don't start. Oh, I didn't realize it was that sort of job. No wonder you were so determined to get to France. Colette was, of course, referring to the undying bonds shared by members of the Dumbwaiter fraternity. Even in all their years apart, Telesphore and Sebastian were closer than brothers and were practically family to each other. Few outside of the organization could truly understand how deep the platonic bond between these two men went. Oh, you'll like Sebastian, Colette. He is an impeccable chef. Oh, let me guess. He was an impeccable shag, too. If you can't be professional, I will leave you in the van. Aya, Winterlich and co. soon arrived in Dijon, where banners had been hung out in acknowledgement of the annual mustard fair for which the region was famous. Sebastian Fontaine was to participate in the coming competition, and for that he would require the rare and valuable snakeberry clippings brought from the VSR by Aya and Winterlich. Is that the van out there? Everything is still such a mess in here. Will they judge us? Don't fret so much, Janice. Telesphore's judgment is reserved for those who deserve it. He's a good man. I, I think he'll like you. And he is, uh, oh, how do you say, uh, from the Upside Down? The Kersite, yes. But you don't need to treat him any differently. Just be your usual well-mannered self. But what if I suddenly forget how to act when I'm in his presence? He does have that effect on people. 
I brought you flowers. What a gentleman. Oh, these will be perfect for cross-pollinating. Fontaine. Oh, don't mind him. He's just grumpy because the mantelope attacked the van earlier. Animals are instinctive judges of character. Uh, bonjour. Hi. Hello. Hello. Uh, I'm Janice. Hi, Janice. Oh, you must be Sebastian's new lab assistant. Lovely to finally meet you. Sebastian, you of course already know Eisen. Unfortunately. And this is our business partner, Colette. Right. Well, I'd better get these clippings to the greenhouse before they dry out. Allow me to tag along so we can catch up. I've been through quite a lot recently. Fine, if you want. Just make sure your friends don't touch anything. Led by Sebastian, the trio went into the back room of the spy shop and up the stairs, into the section of the building that Sebastian called home. They were immediately struck with the humidity and by the fact that almost every surface in the apartment was covered in plants. So, Sebastian, you're like a botanist, or...? Something like that. I studied botanical fleshcraft at the Academy of Ceres before I worked for the royal family. Well, as far as fleshcrafters go... Ouch! I told you not to touch anything. All right, I'll clear the way a little. You've added some new plants to your collection since last I visited. They're crossbreeds. This one is half black pepper and half habanero. That one is strawberry spliced with the type of wild onion. It makes a great base for jam. And what's this one? Aya! That's one I'm still working on. Tomato mixed with wolf spider to stop insects from getting to the fruit. A wolf spider? I'll get you the antidote later. Oh, Sebastian, these are genius. Your talents were always so wasted on the De Rosier family. I've been experimenting on fruits and spices from all over to see what I can come up with. Chinese gooseberry, African cola nut, saltbush from Australia. But I'm saving my best ones for this year's mustard recipe. Well, you're sure to win it. I've never seen anything like this. It's the ingredient that your team brought today that will net me the ribbon. I've been eager to spice up this new batch with the exotic taste of the kerosene. Isn't snakeberry a wee bit dangerous for human consumption? Wine and tobacco have their share of dangers as well, but that's never stopped anybody. Hell, if you eat enough pineapple, it starts to dissolve you from the inside out. Is that true? I think with the right crossbreeding with earth plants, I can create versions of the cat-eye fruits and vegetables that lack the poisonous properties, but retain the same flavor. And with the right spells, I can speed up the growing process. This plant here is my first generation of crossbreed of snakeberry with uh, black currant. I got Janice to taste test it. She said it was good until it put her out of commission for the rest of the weekend. S sorry, you poisoned your assistant. She got better. Then I took that crossbreed and diluted it again with raspberry, but it lost the pink glow. It just isn't snakeberry without the pink glow. That's why I needed these clippings. I need to introduce just the right amount of snakeberry back into the mix. Wow. Big deal. Do you have any other samples? I doubt I'd run into the same issues as Janice. By dinner time, there will be enough for all of you. And given that you come all this way, I insist that you try some. 
I think I'll pass. The van is in need of repair after what that mantle did to the roof, and I can't fix it if I'm dying of food poisoning. What my partner is trying to say is that we'd be so grateful for your hospitality, Sebastian. Not even close. While Eisen went to work on the van, Colette and Telesfor joined Sebastian Fontaine and his assistant Janice for a lavish steak dinner that would once have been reserved for the halls of the Crystal City Palace. Sebastian's culinary skills were said to be second to none, and at the time, his recipe for snakeberry mustard was of particular note. So that's what snakeberry tastes like. I wasn't expecting it to be so sour. But it is good, right? Uh, you like it? I don't hate it, but I'm going to have to eat more of it to be sure. Oh, go right ahead. I'm still working up the nerve after what happened last time. Tell us for, as the only person here who's ever had the real thing, how do you think it compares? Well, the mustard could do with a little more sweetness to balance the acidity, but it definitely tastes like snake berries. And the color is absolutely marvelous. You've done an amazing job. What happened to fixing the van, Aya? I'm taking a break. Hunger got the best of me. Oh, and of course it's steak. You're welcome to the mashed potatoes. Oh. I'll never understand why some people are so squeamish about animal flesh, but they still eat plants. There really isn't much of a difference. Plants are actually a lot like people, i found. Oh, have you? Yes, I have. Plants respond to their environments, they band close together, they communicate. Some people theorize they might even dream. We should all show them a bit more respect. Is that what they teach you at Fleshcrafter School? Eisen? As a matter of fact, they do. Fleshcraft is all about sustaining life, healing it, working in tandem with the building blocks that comprise it. It's cooperative, unlike some other forms of magic. That's very interesting. Thank you for that. However, you know what they teach you at Artificer School? Fixing. Mending. Innovating. Finding creative solutions to real-world problems. You know, useful things, not just uh, playing God for the hell of it. Not this again. Healing sickness and making plants grow is playing God but knocking down a forest to build a factory isn't? Hmm? Why don't we all take a deep breath, agree that all types of magic have both strengths and weaknesses, and focus on enjoying our dinner like civilized people? He's the one who started it! Me? I was just trying to eat my mashed potatoes, mate. You're the one trying to turn this conversation into a cock-measuring contest. I'm not commenting on that. The antagonism between Aya and Fontaine simmered below the surface for the rest of the meal, which was otherwise, by all accounts, a delicious one. What's more, Colette did not suffer any of the ill effects of snakeberry poisoning and enjoyed a restful night following dinner. However, as the group retired to bed that night, nobody noticed the broken latch on the window in Sebastian's laboratory. The window wasn't very large, but it was just large enough for a would-be saboteur to slip through.
The next day, Aya and Winterlich decided to stay for the mustard festival. Telesphore and Colette were interested to see how the snakeberry mustard performed in the competition. Eisen, however... And for the record, the van's condition is perfect. The best it's ever been. I'm surprised you're in such a hurry to return to the BSR. You know why, and so does he. Could you at least try to extend the olive branch? Please, for me. What do you want me to say, Eisen? That artifice is a better school of magic. Would that make you happy? Oh, you'd love that. Me being happy. Generally, yes. You're the one making it difficult. Oh, and I bet it was so easy with Mr. Greenthumb over there. I don't want to have this argument in public. Especially since I know whatever I say in response is only going to make it worse. Oh, no, it won't. Why would you even say that? <sighs> Stupid chatterbox. Which one of these settings is French? Oh, for fu- Oh, here, give me that. You'll break it. There. Now don't touch it again. mustard you'd calm down. Where are Sebastian and Janice? Over there. I'll join you in a moment. As with most regions of France, the people of Dijon took their culinary exports extremely seriously. The mustard fair would be no exception, presided over by the office of Prefect Jean Garnier, who took a hands-on approach to the event, judging each entry with his own impeccable taste buds. Of course the Prefect is stopping at Lelouch's stand first. It's all right, sir. Being the first taste of the day means that his mustard will be judged against everyone that follows. Oh, delicious as usual, Monsieur Lelouch. It will require quite a unique flavor to make me forget that one today. <laughs> Fuck that guy. Is Lelouch your biggest competition? He's everyone's biggest competition. I didn't realize the mustard world was so cutthroat. You have no idea. Hey, Monsieur Fontaine. Lovely day to lose a fare to your better, no? I said, it's a lovely day. I could observe that when you were standing across the plaza. Why the code reception, Monsieur Fontaine? Is a relationship not a sporting friendship? Okay, I have to know. Do these two have any history? It's been like this between them since before I worked here. Sebastian Fontaine was something of a pariah among the mustard makers of Dijon, as his unorthodox practices ruffled the feathers of the staunch traditionalists. Guillaume Lelouch was one such mustard maker, so devoted to upholding the established ways of mustard that he had become a tireless opponent of Fontaine on principle. Lelouch was once quoted as saying, the life's blood of France is its mustard, and to let that blood carelessly be tampered with would invite the degeneration of all culture. To Lelouch, mustard itself was more important than a personal grudge, but to Sebastian, the difference between culinary devotion and a targeted vendetta was negligible. As I said previously, mon copain, it is a lovely day, and you will lose. 
strangely intense man. With the company you keep, that says something. I apologize for both of my friends, by the way. They aren't usually at each other's throats like this. Mostly they gang up on me. And what are we? Oh, what a whimsical color for Mustel to be. I've been fine-tuning this recipe for quite some time. Your iconoclastic muscles are always a welcome diversion from the fuddy-duddy. A diversion, but never a winner. <laughs> well, we'll see today. Now, won't we? Oh, is it time already? How exciting. Hmm. The taste is quite unique, Monsieur Fortaine. What's your secret? Instead of Virgis, this batch uses the fermented extract of Valorian snakeberry, diluted through cross-pollination to negate its toxicity. Well, let's hope so. Excellent work. On to the next. I could never have done it without your help, Telesphore. Anything for an old friend. <laughs> Emphasis on old. Hmm. It's been a long time, hasn't it, Telson? Don't let Eisen hear you call me that. It hasn't been that long. You still look the same to me. Do any of you smell holly? No, I do not think so. I don't even know what holly smells like. Sebastian, give me the mustard jar, would you? Yes, it's definitely coming from this. Did you add something to it last night? No! That batch was perfect! I didn't touch it! <coughs> Is there a doctor's affair today? Ah, hmm. We may have a problem. <coughs> The sudden sickness of Prefect Jean Garnier caused the mustard fair to be postponed. The temporary loss of the all-important and all-discerning mustard judge hung like a dark cloud over the whole of Dijon. Later, Sebastian Fontaine gathered the members of Ayer, Winterlich and Company to calmly consider the possibility of foul play from his friendly rival, Guillaume Lelouch. I'm gonna kill him. But are you sure that it was your mustard that made Monsieur Le Prefect ill? Aye, you're forgetting the possibility that your batch may have just gone sour overnight. I have never had a batch go sour in my life. But we can be sure of one thing. The mustard definitely smelled like holly. Holly causes gastroenteritis when eaten. That's nothing like snakeberry poisoning, right? Right. From what I've seen, snakeberries are more like a deliriant for humans. It's not as if I can just tell the authorities that. They won't believe me. I'm Valorian, and I'm a witch on top of that. As far as the locals are concerned, it's an open and shut case. So what do you want us to do about it? I want you to help me get revenge. Alright, revenge it is then. You're awfully helpful all of a sudden. Well, after careful consideration, it seems your problem needs an innovative solution. And that's when you call in an artificer. Besides... If I didn't agree to help you, I'd be getting an earful the whole van ride home. Merci, Monsieur Ayer. It's very fortunate that you all remained behind. You've got nothing to worry about, Janice. Ayer, Winterlich and Co. are on the case. Sabotage is one of our specialties. Much appreciated. If Mr. Lelouch wants to play with botanical poison, he's picked the wrong flesh crafter to mess with. I've got a hybrid I've been working on for a while. Lemon and sticking nettle. 
The intention was to make the lemon plant more resistant to cold, but no matter how hard I try, the fruit still ends up tasting horrible. It leaves terrible sores on the tongue as well. A few drops of that, and Lelouch will be in too much agony to even get to the washroom, let alone the fair. So tell me, how well guarded is the Lelouch mustard mill? I've seen how seriously the French take this shite, so I want to know what we're walking into. It shouldn't be too challenging for someone with your skills, provided you have the right distraction. Oh, that won't be a problem at all, Colette. I have the perfect thing for this. After restocking her supply of fabric and retrieving her pattern books from Ninette's attic, Colette had spent much of her time making a wide variety of disguises for herself and her companions. These disguises were, by all accounts, as effective as they were stylish. And according to her journals from the time, each disguise came with a carefully planned persona. The particular persona she adopted for this task was one she had been working on for some time, while Eisen and Telesphore were in prison. Here, put this scarf on. I got this at the Terea Market, and I think it will make you look like an Italian grandma. Do I have to do an accent? I'm going to do one, but it's up to you. Shh, he's coming. Buongiorno. My name is Arturo Marino Barone. I am traveling with my mama while I research my upcoming world-famous book about French cuisine. Could I perhaps trouble you for a tour of your facilities? Ever since she was the boy, my Arturo has a dreamed of mustard. Well, what kind of man would I be to deny a world-famous author? Perhaps you can bring some of our land's exquisite culinary knowledge back to Italy with you. Grazie mille. I've always thought you Italians had much to learn from us. The coast is clear. She's becoming quite the actress, isn't she? Doesn't look half bad dressed as a man either. Right, let's get this over with. I want to put this whole experience behind us. I thought you liked France. Oh, don't play dumb. Help me take the top off this vat. I'm sorry for what it's worth, though I do still hope that someday you and Sebastian can put aside your differences. It's not the differences that bother me, Telsey. Yes, well, I suppose I do have a type. Aye, and that's fine. So do I. But can you promise me that after you've moved on from me, you won't show up on my doorstep 30 years later with whatever newer model you've replaced me with? Because it'll make me uncomfortable, and it'll make him uncomfortable. You know, it bothers me too, Aizen. I don't particularly like thinking about where either of us will be in 30 years. Alright, forget about it then. I doubt I'll last that long anyway. Don't say that! No, will you just hand me the poison? You asked me earlier if it was easier with Sebastian. Well, it was, sometimes. But those days were easier. I had a respectable job. I could visit home whenever I wanted. The ground under my feet felt stable. Now I'm stuck on Earth, living a life of crime, possibly staring down a second revolution. Everything's falling apart. 
But you fix it. <laughs> You're my home, Eisen. All right, all right. Let's close the damn vat before either of us start crying into it. Come on. Wait, are we sure the coast is clear? It sounds like they're coming back. And here is where the magic happens. This is where we store the vats, where the mustard seeds are soaked, crushed, and emulsified. In a process that can take up to three days. As you likely know, Signor Barone, mustard is a lot like wine. Very true, but uh, I'm not so sure we should disturb the mustard seeds. No, it's no trouble at all. I wouldn't dream of letting you leave without tasting the batch we're sending to the fair tomorrow. No, no, really! As Colette desperately tried to direct Lelouch away from the room, she suddenly realized one crucial thing. Ich glaube nicht, dass das nötig sein wird. What? She'd forgotten to rewind the chatterbox. Oh shit! Great work, Ison. Qu'est-ce qui se passe? Je pensais que vous étiez italien. Nous sommes italiens, vraiment? Il n'est pas pas seulement c'est italien de Suisse. Janice, I have an idea. Unfortunately, Janice's German was about as good as Colette's French, so that idea would only fall on deaf ears. Sag ihm, dass ich krank bin. Ach, nein. Verdammt! Du kannst mich auch nicht verstehen, oder? Swiss Italian. Don't make me laugh. That's definitely German. I know German when I hear it. No, no, it's a common mistake. But either way, I, I really think uh, we must be going. Not until you've explained yourselves. Even with the language barrier, Colette could guess that her and Janice's ruse was very close to falling apart. So, thinking quickly, she fell back on a trick that had gotten her out of countless exams, chapel services, and school sports days during her youth. She pretended to faint. This, if nothing else, provided a sufficient amount of confusion to give Eisen and Telesphore a window of opportunity for their escape. Now look what you did. I didn't do anything. The following day saw the return of Prefect Jean Garnier to the Dijon Mustard Fair. It was often said of Garnier that not even the harrowing ordeal of food poisoning could diminish the man's insatiable love of mustard. May the best mustard win! Now that you all had a chance to amend your batters to my sensitive palate. Perhaps you should skip Fontaine's though. Just as a precaution. Oh, nonsense! There is no more proof that it was his fault than yours, Monsieur Lelouch. Ooh, this ought to be good. Hmm. That's quite a sharp flavor compared to the last time. Very interesting. Mon <laughs> Dieu! My delicate tongue! It stings! What? But I just tasted this yesterday. I assure you it's completely safe. Look. Oh! My mouth is on fire! Well, that's a gruesome image. You guys don't think this is overdoing it a little? Believe me, Sebastian could do much worse. 
Well, that's the French for you. No appreciation for fine cuisine. <laughs> See, Telsey, he thinks I'm funny. No, I'm not laughing at you. I'm laughing at the situation. Aye, just keep telling yourself that, pal. You have a type, tell us for. <sighs> I really do. Kingmaker Histories is a production of We Are Not Alive. This episode was written by Gus Zagarella and audio engineered by Meg Malloy Tutin, with fully designed by Jam Wright and executive production by Henry Galley. Our music comes courtesy of Vivek Arbashek and Johnny Easton, and our theme was written and performed by Professor Shy Guy. This episode featured, in order of appearance, David Alt as the historian, Takai Nazir as Eisen, Blythe Renee as Colette. Josh Rubino as Telesfor, Erica Sanderson as Janice, Damon Allums as Sebastian, Dante Majors as Jean Garnier, and Andrew Randall as Lelouch. If you'd like to support the show, visit the links in the show notes. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you in two weeks.